back to another episode of the Tuesday Tea Podcast. So happy that you are here with me. And today I have an amazing guest. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad to be with you today. We're going to have a blast. Hold on. <laughs> we sure are. I met Ed uh, through Instagram. I think maybe you followed me and then we just started like talking organically through the chat. And I thought, hold on, let's just get on the podcast, and, like go more in depth on some of these topics, because you were asking me such clear coaching questions that were so well thought out. And I thought, how does this guy know how to ask these questions? And then I started, <laughs> I started looking at your business and I was like, okay, this is amazing. So let me go ahead and properly introduce you. So Ed is the founder of True Forth. He is a certified master coach and a member of the International Coaching Council, the ICC. He's a business coach, consultant, professional facilitator, leadership trainer, and inspirational speaker. And Ed has a gift with a room full of leaders to empower them into action. Oh my goodness. When I read that, I just knew it's like, we're going to be friends. Let's get him on the show. <laughs> oh. Oh, well, thank you, Dominica. I just am so honored to be with y'all today. I just invite you to hold on and, and uh, we're just going to get to know each other. Yeah. And what's so unique about this conversation is this is the first time that we're actually getting a chance to chat. And before I hit record here, I mean, Ed just launched into like, hey, yeah, I, you know, I actually grew up in this like Amish style community and learned a great work ethic. And I'm thinking, hold on, let me hit record because this is going to be amazing. <laughs> I'm really wanting to know how you started your uh, leadership business specifically. How did that come about with uh, with True Fort? No, that's a great question. Thank you for that question. I was in the building industry for almost 20 years, and we would joke that we would build people first and then houses. And we just love to see visions come forth. And then I went on a journey in the early 2000, about 2004, and just began to dive into the leadership world and started volunteering, coaching, and served four years just giving my heart watching lives transform. And I just love to see people and businesses and organizations transform. And so I just literally just jumped in. What do I got to do next? And went on that journey. And uh, 2010, I uh, got shot out of a cannon, so to speak, and birthed a church here in our region. And I kind of laid everything on hold, kind of developed an either or mindset. And then I just got this uh, pregnancy, if you will, uh, for this vision for leadership development again. And we just decided that we can do both well. It's like having twins. We love them both well. And so we launched a national brand. And here we are. Wow. Are you still an active pastor in your church? Yes. But the cool part is, is that we reproduced ourselves. So we're literally have the most amazing congregation on fire and they're just taking it on. Wow. I love that. That's so awesome. Okay. So I mentioned this Amish community. So I'm sure the listeners are like, <laughs> wait, what? So take me down that journey a little bit because you live in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. So long and short is I grew up in an abusive alcoholic home. My dad was a, a very abusive alcoholic. And so believe it or not, I grew up in a shack along a creek. And um, so I would literally go up to this farm, which was Amish. And then I fell in love with this family. It was almost like an adopted family. And wow. they taught me uh, work ethic and just grew up in that uh, environment uh, for 10 years. 
Wow. I'm so sorry that that's the environment that you were raised in with your father. That's really intense. Does that have anything to do with setting you on this path to now doing the leadership coaching? Do you think, do you look back at that and and think there's a connection there? That's a great question. Uh, I, it has. So I would literally sit outside and watch my mom and dad, uh, argue and fight and break out in welts. And so I uh, had to learn to work with fear and anxiety and being bullied as a kid. And so when I got a hold of the coaching uh, arena, when I was in that arena, I fell in love with the transformation. And I saw people that uh, hit a wall and helped them get over the wall, through the wall and help them find triumph. And so I literally became addicted to coaching. And it's it's literally uh, the greatest honor and the greatest privilege to sit down with CEOs and companies to help them uh, find that sweet spot, identify their core values, identify their their no, uh, and get the rhythm uh, for their company. But growing up, the cool part is is about. 30 years into the journey, when I was 27, um, I had this encounter uh, with God that changed my life. And the amazing part about it is I decided I'm going to go to my dad. And I literally had a hot July conversation. I said, Dad, and this may be for someone there. Like I was so uh, angry and grew up in such a, and I felt like I missed out. But little did I know the adversity was being a setup for great opportunity. And so I went to my dad and I said, dad, I love you, uh, but I just need to talk to you. He said, talk about what? So we stood up and I said, dad, I forgive you. I bless you. And I release you from all that was done. And my dad looked at me and he goes, how could you of all that I've done? I said, dad, I love you. And I want to go on a journey. And we hugged for about 10 minutes and the tears were uh, saturating our T-shirt. And my dad and I went on a great journey became one of my best friends. And uh, I allowed him then to speak into my life. Wow. The ultimate forgiveness. That's huge. That's, that's really powerful, Ed. And how amazing that you could then cultivate a bit of a relationship and just move forward. We went on an amazing journey and, and my dad was also in the building business. And then I'm able to share the story all over the world. And I've been able to help people get a fresh start and a fresh perspective. And there's mm-hmm. nothing too big that we can't overcome. Mm, amen to that. <laughs> that rings <laughs> so true for me. Oh my goodness. Something that I love about your business is that your slogan is, our purpose is your growth. Yes. I love, oh, I love that so, so much. So, okay, Ed, I, I have to ask you, what is a master coach? What does that actually entail? It's basically about 2,000 hours, uh, based hours, one-on-one coaching. And then through a very uh, large international organization, I went and sat for hours in front of PhDs and got credentialed and just had a blast with that process, learning all kinds of theories and modules. And yeah, here we are. And I just literally have the biggest heart in the world to see people overcome whatever situation seeing companies reinvent themselves, reestablish themselves. But a lot of times I'll sit with a CEO and we'll just share heart and they'll share process and become a good listener and a sounding board for great ideas. And we're now having many clients that are growing in the midst of of, a recession, uh, but we're helping people flip the script and shift their mindsets. 
I just completed my certification for executive coaching. I'm in the process right now of becoming a certified uh, life coach. And when I first started this process, for the last 15 years, I'd always called myself, well, I'm a coach. I'm, I'm a business coach. But in fact, I was just a consultant or an advisor. And so it's been a very humbling experience for me to go on this coaching journey uh, to know how to better serve my clients, you know, my existing clients, but also moving forward. So my question to you is, having gone through the executive coaching process and now, you know, continuing on and getting the life coaching certification, do you ever find yourself in the position of really just desperately wanting to give advice, but knowing, knowing (laughs) it's like, hmm, what's actually the best question that we can you know, position here because the client has to come to this conclusion on their own, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest lesson that we can learn as coaches is to create a space, ask great questions and be okay with quiet, Mm. be okay with their process. Yeah. Because it's about them, right? And we believe that holy, they have all the answers, right? And we just have to hold the space. (laughs) For me being the consultant for so many years, it's, oh, Ed, it's so hard. I find myself just like, I I put my hands together, like, ooh, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Just let this, this is about them and and their process. I have many hours to go in my, in my learning. How many hours do you think total you've coached throughout your career? So wow. Five or 10,000 minimum. Oh, Wow. That's wildly impressive, Ed. I don't think I've ever talked to anyone that's been a master coach before. This is very exciting. Well, thank you. (laughs) I say questions are keys. They're like keys to gates, keys to doors. And every question leads you then to another gate, another opportunity of discovery, and then a call to action. Mm. So when you're coaching your clients, then do you normally have like a homework assignment for them at the end of the session? Or is there something like a co-creative, you know, conclusion you come to together? Like, what does that look like during, you know, a coaching session with you? That's a great question. First thing I would do is what was the highlight? What was an aha or takeaway from our time together? Great. And then I'll put it back on them and I'll ask, so uh, if you were to commit to a call to action, what would be one or two things that would advance your business or life uh, the next seven days. And then they'll process. Great. Uh, So what does commitment look like to you? Mm -hmm. And then they'll commit. Awesome. What would support look like? And they'd say, well, could I text you each day uh, done? Or I may ask, what would it look like for you to text me a win every day? Just one line. So keeping people moving forward, keeping people advancing, And then we'll have collaborative sessions. We'll have uh, times where we might just, I call it painting on a chart, where we just throw ideas up. A lot of times, uh, leaders just need someone to process an idea. And then we'll do mining, we'll do drilling. So with business coaching, we get into like process, people, culture, systems, and things like that. But even that process, we do it all through uh, questions and then coming alongside. and And then sometimes in my role, Uh, Because of my mix, I have a unique mix and we're raising up other coaches that have that unique mix where we can collaborate, bring in consulting facilitation, and then actually go into their organization and actually help them birth a fresh new culture. They have the vision and Mm. it's, it's our heart is to awaken that vision and then bring leadership to the vision. All ships rise and fall in leadership and helping that vision come out, help them, their belief factor go up. Um, and what happens is our relationship starts out in a timeline, but then people just want to keep going because their company grows, they grow, and we grow with them. 
And so we get really close. We dovetail together. Nice. Oh, that's so wonderful. Talk to me about specifically around business and and growth mindsets. Do you find that during your coaching, specifically with business owners, is there like a common theme or a thread where there's some sort of doubt or something where it's kind of like a commonality among CEOs? Have you noticed that? I would say that the two mindsets that come up a lot is abundance versus scarcity. So Uh an abundant mindset basically says God's enough, I'm enough, there's enough, right? And we play win-win. But the biggest one that comes up is scarcity, where it says uh, God's not enough, there's not enough, I'm not enough, and we play not to lose. So Mm -hmm. scarcity mindset, the biggest thing is people uh, avoid engaging because of the risk and play not to lose. So therefore, they may not invest, they may not invest in their company. but if we're not growing, we're decaying. There is no idle uh, plateau. We're either growing or we're decaying. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Could not agree more. <laughs> and who doesn't like to grow, right? Right. Well, I mean, it's all about growth, right? I mean, this is this is literally a business growth podcast, right? That's why people are here listening. They want to learn. They want to grow and change and transform. Have you found that by telling inspirational stories that that helps the transformation process start with your clients? It does. I think it allows us to relate at the heart level because, well, the reality is we could focus, we could either be relational or transactional. And with coaching, it's imperative that we're relational. And so people can pick up on that. And so what I I would like to say is that sometimes as a coach, we may have our own trigger and Mm -hmm. we may have uh, something that comes up. And I may actually say, uh, because we have a a high level of trust and rapport and a high level of confidentiality, I may say, may I take a few minutes and just share an experience around that and keep it to a three minute rule. So as a coach, we always train to keep it uh, only three minutes. If we're going to highlight, that helps us to relate to them. It's not that we're trying to fix anyone because our coachee isn't broke. We're not there to fix anyone. We're there to come along and partner with their process of discovery. And I say love on them and inspire. I will even ask for permission. Uh, would you uh, like to hear it in, uh, a thought of hope around that particular uh, thing of how the first bridge was built from Canada to the United States simply with a kid accidentally flying a kite across the gorge. And, and, and right now you may be at a kite string, but eventually that bridge was built by pulling cables back and forth that they ran uh, heavy loads uh, of trains across and it started with a kite string. And a lot mm-hmm. of times they may help people uh, get past the kite string and maybe go to a wash line, then a bull rope, and then a steel cable. And we begin to build in the process and then feed the momentum. And when the momentum's built, then we bring other people in their process, other people in their culture, and help them establish because culture carries a vision. Without the culture, the vision uh, will stay stagnant. And, mm-hmm. and so that's the fun part about coaching. It's very intuitive. And it's like no river's perfectly straight. That you know, man-made could be, but when it's authentic, it just it, it ebbs and flows. Uh, Today, several of my clients, CEOs of companies, I mean, one is running for the box of tissues and the other one's jumping up and down laughing. And so we're just we're just we're just like molding clay. And uh, and basically, if you think of clay on a potter's wheel, 
I just imagine them having that and then closing their eyes. And as, as they get to squeeze a little bit, the clay goes higher and it gets mm-hmm. shaped and, and it's just layer after layer. And then we mm-hmm. go back and help them uh, define myomarkers, define uh, growth so that we can actually measure uh, their progress. Even, mm-hmm. you know, the coaching aspect is very intuitive uh, inside out, if you will. Mm-hmm. But then also they want to see uh, whether it's weight release, whether it's fitness, whether it's uh, business, it all ends up tying into the whole person. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful process. Like a holistic, holistic process, right? It is, even with business coaching. I mean, it's just because if we can work with the CEO at the heart level, the thinking and the words and everything becomes uh, congruent and alignment, it's beautiful. And then uh, they can go into their marketplace. I think the Arbinger Institute wrote a book called Leadership and Self-Deception. And it's absolutely a phenomenal book where uh, we can be putting people in the box and put ourselves in the box, but coaching helps people get out of the box and helping people stay out of the box uh, through that discovery process. How might someone know if they're ready to receive coaching? That's a good question. I would say that if you're in business or going to get in business, you, you should hire a coach. We may not realize that we need a coach until the process starts. Right. It, it's it's um, it's kind of like um, I have three amazing children that are married, and and my daughter uh, did a home birth, and she had a doula, and yes, my wife was by her side. But having that coach and having that uh, person that can lead you in the process, making it an experience that that is absolutely uh, blissful. But um, a coach helps to avoid a lot of potholes and helps uh, bring out your best. And I think the biggest thing with coaching, it helps us define our no, define our yes, set boundaries and priorities around our time. Around our time. That's yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I love it. Is there anyone then that's uncoachable? You ever experienced this? Yeah, there's people that are, their minds are like concrete mixed and permanently set. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would say uh, I have met people like that, but if I could sit with them for an hour through love, I believe that our core motivation has to be love when we're working with anyone. Usually if they're in shutdown, I'd say it's, it's, uh, there's an orchard getting ready to birth. Maybe they can only see themselves as an apple, but we as coaches see orchards and help them peel off that layer because they're they're probably hurt and protected or or something. They may have just faced a bankruptcy. They may be facing a cash flow challenge and they lost their hope. So within an hour sitting with people like that, literally, I have had a client a while back that the first two sessions, he sat with me, he goes, if you're like the five other coaches that I had, I, I may actually have to pop you. Like, I'm oh. like, oh, and I literally, I said, I appreciate you sharing your passion. Is there anything else you want to share? And I said, uh, but now we're like this and, mm-hmm. and we're doing things on an international level. And our relationship has really, there's fruit uh, from the process. Mm-hmm. So I would invite anyone into that process. If, if you've, you've had a bad experience with it, or you're not sure, uh, find, uh, interview someone, do a free consult, because it's like anything, any field has uh, really awesome people. And then there's there's people that that may not be their sweet spot. Right. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense. Why, why overcomplicate it when it doesn't need to be overcomplicated, right? Right. And I would imagine that it's helpful that you have a team. I imagine you call upon when it's a maybe a better fit over here, better fit over there. Is that true? Absolutely. Nice. And we're growing that, and we're training. Uh, our training process is six months. Is there, there's a a unique DNA that we carry, and and it's just neat to see people align with it. There's a few more people now that want to be trained, and we're helping them then get in their vein because in an abundant mindset, there's no competition. I believe in business. Many times business leaders can take on a scarcity mindset where we can think of us and them or competitors. And I remember being in our local building industry association, winning the award and speaking. And I said, you know, if the industry goes up, guess what? Everyone goes up with it. And we can begin to look at each other as colleagues, not competitors. Exactly. That's something that I've always talked about, specifically in the marketing field. I always thought it was so interesting that people would try to be at direct competition with me when there's so much abundance to go around. It's a matter of just finding the right people, the right fit. I know that I'm not going to be the right fit every time. So then I call upon a colleague and say, hey, I've got this client over here who's going to be a great fit or potentially a great fit for you. Let's all work together. When I started unlocking those doors and opening up windows with all of my colleagues saying, hey, there's there's enough for everyone. Let's work this all out. Then the, the referral mindset kicks in. And then it just becomes this beautiful like domino effect of just helping more people rather than like, what are they doing over there? And they got the client. I didn't. It's a totally different shift in the abundance mindset, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. I love I love that 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 we share that. That's wonderful. I don't know if you've ever seen oh. this guy before, but, but this is I refer to him. Yeah, Mr. Obstacles, right? It's like the obstacle or the lie. And so in the process of business, and if you can't see this, I got this like little woodpecker, but the woodpecker can land on their shoulder and begin a conversation. But if we come into agreement with lies, even about our business, our purpose, you know, the, the cool part about coaching, it's helping people get so convinced that their purpose is, it's like a mom carrying a child uh, to full term. And that at sometimes you feel uncomfortable with it. Oh my goodness, what's happening, right? You're birthing this vision. But the cool part is with the coach or like a midwife or a doula, you're bringing the vision forth. And then you have uh, a family, friends around you to develop that healthy uh, culture. The cool thing is, is that every leader, uh, you're called to be an entrepreneur and you're called to be a business person. You know, it's like, failure is part of development. Like, you know, if you have a moment, the moment is it's a springboard. It's like a diving board goes down before it launches you higher. Mm -hmm. And it's just every uh, adversity is a greater seed of benefit. It's just so that with coaching, it's like we just get into this mix and literally have a blast in the process and have the mindset shift to think, what if uh, I could hug a city? What if we could uh, transform culture through the marketplace. What if we could create a culture where people that work with our company rise up and actually reinvent themselves and create a culture where people don't want to leave? I think the, the hardest thing with a lot of companies is retention. But when there's a healthy, thriving culture, people don't want to leave. They, they want to the, the I am so thankful and blessed with our team. People keep coming, say, hey, we want to be a part of your vision. We don't want to be paid. 
We want to help you carry this vision to the nation. I'm just like in tears. I am wrecked. And it's like what we feed on grows. So if we feed on Mr. Obstacle's lies, guess what? The lies grow. But if we feed on our purpose, and I have this little sponge. I'm a kind of guy that I love like a lot of props. And, and I'm just like, you know, it's like when you think, I believe the, whole, the process is simple, but whatever this sponge is in, when it comes out, it leaks it. And if it's squeezed with adversity and if it's saturated in, in love and, and confidence and courage, guess what? Just more love and confidence comes out. And people around us then can sense that our passion is magnetic. And the grit is unwavering courage. And when they both partner together. So in the coaching process, sometimes I'm just like, I'm so excited for their vision. And it's, it is difficult sometimes not to, not to give consulting advice. You just wait patiently. But I do believe um, we can create a beingness and feed our beingness that creates a canvas for them uh, to feed off of that, even without a word. Yeah clear intention, right? Just extremely clear intention for that person holding the space. Come on. I mean, truly it's everything. It really is. It's so powerful and you do it so well. I just can tell. (laughs) You know, I don't know if you've ever, ever heard this. One of my mentors said, when our intentions clear, our mechanism appears. And I think, uh, you know, the paralysis of analysis but many say, well, hey, I'll write a book. And I noticed you wrote a book and I'm so I'm getting that book empowered. Oh, my goodness. That's one of my core values. I'm like mm-hmm. this girl. I, I'm <laughs> so like like you're a sister I never met. I'm like, who is this girl? Like, I got to connect with her. Right. But that whole process of uh, when our intentions clear, guess what? The mechanism appears. There's this formula intention plus mechanism equals results. But we could be so focused on a result. But when the intention's clear, guess what? It's easy and light. Out mm-hmm. of an abundant mindset, we begin to attract and draw the favor. And people actually will come and say, I want to help you fulfill your vision. It's Amazing. just like, come on. When you're in that clarity mindset, backed by when the good Lord, right, is yes. saying, hey, this is the purpose right here, right now. And when we're able to listen, oh. I mean, it all comes together just so beautifully. It's like, we're listening. We're here. Let's do it. You know? Come on. So good. So good. Wow. You know, when you think about finding your sweet spot, find what this little exercise that I would do, it's like write down three things that you're passionate about and then write down three things that are fun for you and then write down three goals. And what happens is you can begin. we, We have them circle one really quickly. There's a whole process to it. You can begin to see a thread within 10 minutes of what they're getting ready to be launched into and their direction. Because many times people say, well, I don't know what, what I want to be when I grow up and they're 60 years old. <laughs> and I just want to encourage who's ever listening. You're not too young to start and you're not too old to start. The best time to start is now. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. And the second best time is now. Absolutely. Do you ever find where you'll be in a coaching session and someone will ask you a very direct question like, Ed, what would you do? Is it like a deflection moment or is it like a, well, let me put this other hat on. What do you do in those situations? (laughs) That's a great question. It depends on the relationship. So if I'm hired to do consulting, I'll still go into coaching. They may say, well, I don't really know. I'm stuck. What would you do, Ed? I'll ask a question like this. So, Jack, if you did know what to do, 
what would you do? And I'll cultivate that and they'll laugh. Oh, I knew you would ask that question. Or Sue, if you knew what you, you, in other words, a lot of times people already know, but they're afraid that it may sound dumb. And I, and I would literally say, Hey, let's take a risk. Um, how about throwing out a few ideas and literally do whatever I can do to pull the promise out. So it's, it's true forth, right? So it's, it's coming out. The biggest key with uh, coaching outside of building trust is a judgment-free zone. It's literally creating a whiteboard with nothing on it that we're not there to put our ideologies and belief on them, but allow them to uh, process and cultivate. If I see a train wreck, so what I do, I believe we do have a responsibility if we see a train wreck, right? So I would say, may I brainstorm with you or, or are you open to some feedback? I'll ask that question. And then I'll go into a couple ideas and then I'll ask them to pick an idea that's highlighted to them. Hmm. But to actually come out and give them direct advice, I would avoid it 99.99% of the time. Yeah. Well, because they have the answer. Exactly. It's a of getting there, right? I think that's for me, that's that is the most beautiful aspect of coaching. I mean, obviously, like getting to the result that the client is is after, but truly just knowing we know as the coaches, the client holds all the answers. The coach yes. knows all the answers. And it's just drawn it out with beautifully crafted questions. <laughs> <laughs> right. Beautifully crafted questions. Oh, Ed, this has been so much fun. I wish we could just talk forever. (laughs) You are such a delight. I love everything that you're doing. If you guys are interested in checking out what Ed has going on at Trueforth, you can go to trueforth.co. You have an event coming up in your area. Is that right? Yes, it's uh, on March 31st and it starts at nine and goes to four. We feed you in the morning. We have a buffet lunch. And we have this most amazing dynamic business panel discussion in the afternoon. It's live interactive Q&A. Our time together is very interactive. You can register at trueforth.co and go to our event section and you can register. We'd love to see you come to Lancaster. And it's actually in a historic building that's just been renovated. And you're going to meet a lot of pioneers, pace setters, and, and thought leaders. And it will be truly a life-giving time amazing. I will absolutely have all the links in the show notes, especially for that as well. Please go check it out. Me, Ed, for me, give him a big hug for me. Ed, this has just been awesome and empowering and reassuring for me and my, (laughs) what I have going on in my world. And you're just a major blessing to the coaching world. Uh, So thank you for everything that you're doing that you need to do. Well, Dominica, it's absolutely been a delight and an honor being a part of this. And I just, you know, bless all your audience and just, you know, uh, each one of you got what it takes. And I'm so glad that you're connected with uh, Dominica and that run that race that's before you. And I just want to say, I love you all so much for listening. Thank you so much, everyone. And with that, we'll see you next week. Bye.